and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Well, we are in a series, a a new series uh, that starts today, simply the cry for a community. We know that we need to be uh, with God in times of private, also too in times of public, like we are here in church. But we also need relationships. We need people that can strengthen us, that can encourage us, that we can goof off and have fun. Anybody like having fun? All right, a few of y'all like to have fun. All right, but I know we all like to have uh, fun. And so that's what I love about uh, life groups. That's what I love about our value connect uh, here at Word of Life. And that's what we're saying, that as we connect, we are better together because we were never meant to live life alone. So I need your help a little bit this morning. Yesterday, I ran 5.6 miles. So it's been a minute since I ran that. So my legs are a little weak, a little, a little limber. So I was telling my wife, I can remember growing up when you, have, you hear the pastor say, hey, can you pray for me as I preach? So uh, if I lean to the left or right, just say, come on, pastor. That's, that's just your way of praying for me. And so making sure I'm standing up straight. But it was a fun time uh, yesterday. But after the run, I sat down at the table. And one of the things that I like to do on Saturdays is just sit, take time, And go over the word that God has already spoken to me. And this is the thought that came because I did two things as I was sitting down. I sat down and plugged up my phone uh, to give it a charge, but also to uh, my laptop. And so this is a thought that came. They'll pull it up on the slide. Who is charging my life daily like I am charging my cell phone daily? We have relationships that are connected to our phone. So think about it. No charge, no relationship. As powerful as the phone is, that we lean on that phone, when there is no charge, there's no relationship. There's no calling. There's no receiving a call. There's no text messages going out. No text messages coming in. Can't even get on social media. So who is charging my life? daily, like I'm charging my cell phone. I can remember, uh, because I was out of church for eight years at one point, and there were things I wanted to see in my life, but my life was not going in that direction. I was putting so much focus on the things of being around what I thought at the time were the right people, but they were the wrong people. So since I was around the wrong people, I'm getting the wrong results. And so I was like, how do I navigate this? How How do I get around the right relationships? And so, of course, you see people going to church. I was raised up in church, but I was concerned. How would people look at me now that I'm coming into church? I've been out of church for eight years. What would they say? What would they think? And you may have felt this 
Uh, but these are three things that I felt because I wasn't connected to anyone in the church. I was connected to people outside. And there were things that were happening in my life that I didn't want to see in my life because my life was Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night clubbing, drinking, having fun, what I thought was the thing to do. But even in having these three, uh, well, those things in my life happening, it wasn't what I really and truly desired. It was the substitute. But the very relationships that I needed were inside of the church. And so three things that I was feeling when I was not connected, I felt, and I put it up on the screens, I felt isolated. I felt separated from people. I, I felt invisible, meaning not seen. But also, too, I felt insignificant. I didn't feel important. Because I wasn't connected to the right people in my life, these were things that I was navigating through. And I can remember finally going to church. It was this life group, uh, small groups that they call it, but it was promise keepers. And I got around these men. And so I thought they did not know anything about life. I thought that I was the only one that knew about the things I was going through and they couldn't tell me anything. You ever been that way before? That nobody couldn't tell you nothing? You knew everything? That's how I was in that moment. But as I began to start getting connected, I realized these are the relationships that I needed. And so in talking about relationships, there are times in our lives that we need to be not just around people, but we need to be having dialogue and conversation with people. So let's look at Mark chapter two, verses one through 12. We'll probably split it up in a little bit, Um, but go to Mark chapter two. We'll start there. And I want to look at something that I believe we can all connect with today with this story, because I'm pretty sure you may have felt one of those three things or maybe all of those three things. But I believe we have an answer for that uh, today. Mark chapter two, verses one through 12. They'll put it up on the screens. Verse one, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even the outside door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, Lord, the mat, the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Verse six. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but alone? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up. Take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Has anybody ever told you go home? 
He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The cry for community. Here you have a man. He's in a situation. His body is lying flat. No movement in his body. But he has four friends that come and brings him to Jesus. But before Jesus even spoke to him about his body, he spoke to him about his sin. They'll pull this up on the screen. His consciousness of sin was such that it was necessary to speak to his soul before healing was extended to his body. Spoke to his soul before healing came to his body. Spoke to his mind before healing came to his body. For me, I've been out of church for eight years. Now I'm coming into the church I'm more sin conscious. What is sin conscious? I'm thinking more about consequences. As it says in the Bible, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So I'm more so thinking about punishment. I'm thinking about, oh, does God love me? I am actually thinking and saying I am worthless. Now I'm coming to church more and more. In that moment, in that context, I begin to become righteous consciousness. What is that? Meaning the benefits of God. God loves me. God is not looking down upon me. He's looking at me. He's looking upon me. But also, too, I am worthy. So I'm in the right room with the right relationships, but I can't receive what I need because of my mindset. I am more sin conscious than righteous consciousness. So therefore, I can't receive what I need, even though I'm in the right room with the right people. So God has to uh, Jesus has to speak to this man's mind and heart first. Before he gets to. Healing his body. And you may be thinking, man. Okay, I go into church. What are you thinking of me? Because that's what I was thinking like, man, what would they think of me? What would they say about me? If I start telling my story, what would happen? This is something that I love a lot about our life group leaders. They have a heart for you. That when you're sitting in there and you're laughing, you're having fun and you get to share things, you get to share scriptures and uh, you get to watch a football game, you get to go running, whatever it is in the life group, they have a heart for you. So when they look at you, they're not thinking sin conscious. They're not saying that you are worthless. They are saying you are worthy. So at times we can literally move ourselves out of the things of God because of the way we're thinking, even though we're in the place God needs us to be. This is one thing that I, I, I realized that I notated. I was like, man, this is some, some good stuff. So in this passage, I noticed three things. When you connect, when I connect, three things can happen. Conversation, collaboration, and correction. 
When I'm not connected, I'm, I feel isolated, I feel invisible, I feel insignificant. But when I am connected, these three things can happen. We see in this story, conversation, collaboration, and correction. What is conversation? Conversations that aids the development of healthy relationships, meaning they knew his condition. They exchanged thoughts, feelings, ideas. So here it is, you see them carrying him to Jesus, but before they could carry him to Jesus, they had to know his condition first. So even in knowing his condition, they didn't run from him. They stayed around him. Collaboration. What does that look like? Collaboration in our lives without our devices so we can be present with one another. They work together concerning his condition, working together to complete a task or achieve a goal. Then lastly, correction. What does that look like? Correction in our lives to bring about a change that rights a wrong. Their actions together change his condition for good. He had accountability. This is what I want to highlight. The right relationships can be an untapped resource. They can be a source of healing, hiding in plain sight. Being carried is not a sign of weakness. Being carried is a posture of receiving what you need in your time of weakness. So they know his condition. They're having conversation about his condition. They know that they need to get him to Jesus. But how do we get him to Jesus? They carry him on a mat. It doesn't say how far they traveled or how short the travel was. But they knew they had to carry him. And out of carrying him, they got there and they was like, well, we can't get him in through the door. We're going to go through the roof. But... In the midst of that, because they knew his condition, they had conversation. They literally got him to Jesus, the one who could heal him, the one who could help him out of his situation. What I like about in in being in that, that group, I open up that where they could understand my condition, meaning what I'm navigating through life in the moment. I'm a single young man. I have dreams. I have goals. I have vision. But I could not see that God loved me, that God believed in me. But I needed these men around me to pour into me. And a lot of times we look at people in the present. Because we don't know their past. But then they start telling us their stories and how they come out of different things. and And it's like, oh, man, you can relate to me. You, you understand me. So we go from meeting there on a Sunday to now they're like, hey, man, I know we meet Sunday before church, before church. But man, you got to come out to the house. I'm like, I don't know you like that. Oh, wow. I'm going to stay right here at church, bro, where it's safe. And I know everything is good. But man, they just kept talking about, man, we grill out. We barbecue. We watch football. Have you ever had anybody? that brag so much about their cooking or their grilling that when you get to their house and they pull out the food, 
You know, like how you put a plastic fork in the food, but the food doesn't receive the plastic fork because the food is that burnt. It's that hard. It's, and it's like, man, I thought you could cook. You know, you, you get there with an appetite. You just ready to eat. And you get there and it's like, really? These weren't that type of men. They really could cook. They really could cook. They could throw down. And I'm like, man, when the next barbecue? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let me know. So we're there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and we're meeting every Saturday. We're hanging out, having fun. Now, this is when college football, it wasn't showing on ABC, WAPT, ESPN, and ESPN Plus like how it is now. This is pay-per-view, y'all. Now, we got some teenagers in pay-per-view. What is pay-per-view? <laughs> you haven't heard of pay-per-view. That's when you have cable, you're paying for cable. But if you want to watch this particular game, you would have to pay for this football game. And so literally, this is what they would do. They will pay extra for the football game because they are... Alabama fans. So me being from Jackson, Mississippi, I'm hanging out with these men every single Saturday. They get to know my condition. I'm having conversations. We get to have collaboration, but also to correction comes because of how I used to see myself never being married. They correct that because I feel who would want me because I'm so focused on my past. I don't even see that I have a future. I don't even see that that dream can be a reality, but I have to get around the right people that can pour into me. And so people are like, man, how did you become an Alabama football fan? Man, you're from Jackson, Mississippi. I tell them the story. I got around the right relationships and they rubbed off on me that when I watch Alabama football, I'm not really cheering the team on. It's just a reminder of the right people in my life. And when they score a touchdown, I'm mindful of the men that took time to spend time with me. So that's a way I get to cheer myself on to remind myself how they poured into me. And the great thing about it, they're still in my life today. So much so that our children, when, I, when we go to Tuscaloosa and we get the opportunity to see them, I'm like, hug them, give them a high five. Because if it wasn't for them, your father wouldn't be here, which means you wouldn't be here. So I got around these men and they were able to begin to charge my life in the direction that I want to go in. And my question to you is, who knows your condition? Who are you having conversation with? Who are you collaborating with? Who are you allowing to give you correction? And it's not correction in a, in a bad way, pointing the finger or judging, but it's like you and I, we need those relationships. You know, I mentioned earlier about 5.6 miles running, right? I didn't start off that way. I can remember the group we met on Tuesdays. And I never, ever forget the feelings because when I walked in the room, have you ever walked in a room, you hear people talking, they're laughing, they're like, huh? and then you walk in the room and they get quiet. That's how it was for me. Because it was like, oh man, here he comes. See, it was three pace groups. I made up the fourth pace group. That's just how slow I was. So we got to the point that where we'll be out running and the leader of the third group would turn around and be like, hey, hey, Robert, Robert, 
why don't you just backtrack? Just go turn around. You go that way. We'll keep running this way and we'll meet back up at the store at the same time. Y'all, that was my motivation. So I finally moved up to the third pace group after a couple of months, second pace group. But guess what? Even though that was stated, that, came, that became my motivation, I started allowing them to have conversation with me about my condition. Because the running group is at six o'clock. I need some correction because I'm eating a Big Mac at five o'clock thinking I can go out and run 3.1 miles. It's not going to happen, brother. Not at the pace that you want to go. You're going to end up walking and you're going to slow everybody up. So now I'm in this store. I'm in this running group. I'm getting to learn the right running form. I'm getting to learn the right uh, shoes to wear. I'm getting to learn and understand all these things now because I'm not focused on, man, I'm out of shape. Man, I'm eating the wrong food. I'm focused on like, man, you know what? They like to see me in here and they know my condition. They're not running from me. They're running to me. And they're like, Robert, this is how you need to do this. They're giving me a running plan. They're giving me a nutrition plan. And so now I get to run my first 5K in Flowood, Mississippi. Man, I'm excited. It was like, hey, make sure you eat. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat. And I run out. At races that Saturday, we, had, we met that Tuesday, 30 minutes before the race, because they say you need to eat something, you know, some energy, some. So I'm like, man, I'm thinking turkey, bacon. <laughs> Five strips of turkey, bacon, 30 minutes before the race. I'm thinking that's few, right? Y'all, I hit that one mile, I'm good. That second mile, whoo, head down, hands on the knees. You ever had anybody that passes you? And you're like, ain't no way they supposed to be passing me. That's what was happening. Because I simply wasn't allowing the right people to give me the conversation that I need. And out of them giving me the conversation, correction was able to come in. Now I'm thinking in the way that I should. So now, years later, 5K, you know, a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon, you know, a super sprint triathlon. That's where you swim, you bike, and then you run. My goal is to one day uh, run an Ironman. And so it's like, you better best believe you better have the right people around you, brother, because you would not make it in an Ironman. That is long, long, long. And... What I'm realizing in life for all of us, we have a race to run, but we must condition ourselves. There's a condition, even in the Ironman, you have to know how to swim. You have to know how to bike. It's a two-mile swim in an Ironman, two-mile swim. Over a hundred-mile bike ride. Then you run 26.2 miles. I see a couple of heads like, ooh, man, you all right? You sure you want to do that? I watch you on TV. I cheer you on TV. <laughs> but how many of us, of, of us in life, we, we have desires, we have dreams, we have goals, but 
We're not allowing the right people to come in. And that's what I love about here at Word of Life. We have life groups just for you so you can get in the rooms to have conversations, to have collaboration, and even to get correction. That accountability. It's like, hey, how's, how's it going? With, how's, and it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm doing good. It's like, oh, it's not so good. It's like, hey, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Because we all need that table. I call it pull up to fill up. Pull up to fill up. Just like you running low on gas. You see that warning light. You know, some of y'all wait till it's 30 miles to empty. Or you wait till that gas light come on. And you're like, oh, Lord, if I could just get, if I could just get to the gas station. Oh, you sitting there like, Lord, I need some help. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling over here. I need something. He's like, you got the right relationships. They're in the room. Will you sit down with them? Will you sit down and have conversation? And a lot of times we're going on empty, but we want to be on full, but we're not taking the time to pull up, to fill up on the right relationships with the right relationships, with the right conversations. So that's what we have here at Word of Life. So you should have received it on the way coming in, the, the handout, you know, with the QR codes. And I know here at Point Dexter Campus, several life groups we have for men, uh, for women. If you like mentoring young boys, we have that as well. We have a prayer life group. But we have life groups no matter what you like to do, even running. Like, man, I don't want to run. You want to run. You're just thinking about what you have to do in order to run. Don't think about what you have to do. Just think about if I get around the right people, they will encourage me to run and enjoy running like how they are enjoying running. So this what happened in this man's life. He wasn't afraid to let them know that he was a paralytic. And at times we are paralyzed in our hearts. God needs to come in and heal our hearts first before we get the wholeness in our body. Because if he doesn't heal us in our heart first, and the healing comes in the body first, we'll go back to the same place that where we were before we got healed in the body. Why? The heart isn't right. The mind isn't right. And the way we're thinking. And so when we connect, it's simply what we're saying is, Yes, do I need to spend time with God alone? Do I need to pray with him in my private time? Yes, but I need people that I can have conversation with. I need people that I can connect with. I need people to help me. So my question to you today is, will you join a life group to get in conversation to get in collaboration, to receive that correction so you can be the best man, the best woman that you know you can be. But we all need this. I wrap up with this story. I never forget um, it was on my heart to, to do this life group. And honestly, I did not want to lead this life group because I'm like, one, who going to sign up? But if they sign up, will they show up? And so the title of this life group was going to be the, Developing the Leader Within You. 
John Maxwell had 10 guys to sign up. What amazed me about this, every guy in that group literally believed that even the dream and the vision they had, it would never, ever, ever come to pass. And I'm like, why do you all think that? Of course, it goes back to the thinking. And I said, this is what I want y'all to do. This is a takeaway. I want something for you all to do if you haven't done it already. Be it a piece of paper, be it a post-it note. I want you to write down what your vision is. What do you desire for your life to look like? This is the same thing I did for these men. And they wrote it down. Then the next step, I had them to create a vision board. And out of that, we all got to see their dreams and visions, their heart's desire. And in that group, we came together as men. One of those guys, he wanted to have his own law firm, but he didn't even think he could have his own law firm because of different things that he was seeing. But out of that group, he has now had his law firm for over two years. But not only that, since those, uh, over those two years, he has helped clients bring in, bring in over $126 million in profits from their cases. That potential was in the room the whole time. But if he didn't leave the church service and go sign up for that life group and got in conversation, collaboration, and correction, he wouldn't be where he is today. My challenge to you is how many people are waiting on you, waiting on your, on your potential that as you get around the right relationships, they can now walk into the life that they desire to see, but it starts with you, it starts with me and getting around the right relationships. Worship team, y'all can go ahead and come on up. And that's what we see in this man's life. These four men took him to the one that could help him in his time of weakness. Being carried is not a sign of weakness. Being carried is a posture of receiving when I'm in my time of need. Of being healed, being encouraged, being refreshed. I'll end with this. Pretty sure y'all heard of Starbucks. Coffee. Y'all ever wonder why they want to know your name when you put your order in? You ever wonder why they call your name when your order is ready? They wanted to be the place that where people received a smile. Because they realized that a lot of people don't get a smile throughout the day.
They, gon they don't get an encouragement, encouraging word throughout the day. Not only that, they wanted to create an environment that where you would want to come back to. So they call you by name. And they call your, even at times, your coffee by name. Think about it. In that place, there's conversation that happens. And about life groups, that's literally what takes place. We get to call you by name. Not the situation you're in. Not even at times the mistake you may make. We get to call you by name. And we get to call you by your potential. We get to call you by your dream. We get to call you by your vision, your goals. We get to call you by name. So much so that when you walk in that room, you're walking in the room knowing these are people that are running after me and running towards me, not away from me, to help me come into my highest potential. So simply today, will you connect? Will you and I stop being alone and realize I need you. You need me in your life because we're better together. Can I do some things by myself? Oh, yeah, but we're better together. So the QR code, you can sign up for a group. We have a table out front where you can sign up for life groups. But I just want to pray for you in that vein concerning that you'll get around the right relationships to carry you time of weakness, but also to carry you in your time of strength and that you won't be afraid to get around people I know we hear say, oh, I'm an introvert, really. Oh, I'm quiet. I don't like to be around nobody else. I just want to be at home, watch TV, watch my movies. I'm good. Are you really? So let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. Father, we see in the message, the passage that we read that four men carried this one man to get him to be made whole, not just only in his body, but also too in his mind. They carried him to Jesus. Father, we even know the example too that you carried us through your son, Jesus. You carried us when Jesus was on the cross and died for us rose again you carried us because of your love for us so father I pray for us all that we get the opportunity to connect in life groups with the right relationships so that we can be strengthened and encouraged and see our dreams and desires come to pass because as we get better those around us, they get better too. And so, Father, thank you for your, your hand being upon us. 
Thank you for helping us navigate in this season of life with the right relationships through life groups. Father, we thank you. We love you. That we're never alone. In Jesus' name we pray.